You've heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how payday can come every day by entering their contest with huge cash prizes up for grabs. This week is jam-packed with action ranging from basketball to golf, and DraftKings has plenty of ways for you to have a front-row seat to all of the action. Making a lineup on DraftKings adds excitement to every night, and it's simple to do. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with the DraftKings lineup on the line. It's simple. Every player has a salary associated with drafting them. Assemble a lineup of players while staying under the salary cap, and then sit back and watch your points pile up. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to users across all sports, including hockey. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there is no better place to get in on all the action. And now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. I was walking through the halls of a Minnesota rink. When along came a wild fan who started talking smack to me. He said, I bet you never like the blues until they want a cup. And so I calmly turned to him and said, hey man, listen up. I admit it's pretty great to win Lord Stanley's prize, but listen. I've been waiting for this moment my whole life. Yes, sir, I'm a blues fan. Yes, sir, I'm a blues fan. Heartbreak's all I knew, man. That team from old St. Lou, man. Got a cup in here, 52, man. Give me a let's go blues. I know Federico, Turnbull, Gilmore, Brown, Channel, Bothwell, Baybitch, Mahar, Mullen, Millen, Sutter, Pedersen, Pavisi, Curry, Zuckley, Uther, Hunter, Schofield, Reeves, Ramage, Kia, Dunlop, Wickenheiser, Crombeam, Benning, Raglan, Ewan, Micheletti, Ramage, Romney, Pavlovsky, Evans, Cavallini, yes sir, I'm a blues fan, yes sir, I'm a blues fan, heartbreak's all my new man, that team from old St. Lou, man, got a cup in here, 52, man, give me a let's go blues. <laughs> The starting lineup for your Blue Notes podcast. Tom Franklin and the man called Wags. Thank you very much, Tom Calhoun. And hello and welcome to Blue Notes, located on the best city on the Mississippi, the best in the Midwest. We've got that Stanley Cup power, too sweet to be sour. And if you're still clueless, we are talking about St. Louis. This is your home for St. Louis Blues coverage on the Hockey Podcast Network. I am one half of your team, Tom Franklin, joined by my line mate, the man called Wags. Wags, game seven tomorrow night. The playoff series no one asked for, but we're freaking getting here against Arizona. Are you hyped? Oh, I am so, so hyped. I mean, it is game seven. Game sevens are totally what matter. That is what we look forward to. It's the best day and the best game in all the sports. Oh, it's the Coyotes again. Fuck. Yeah, I know. I know. And it's and it's mid-February, and we're, we're just not in playoff mode right now. I mean, we're trying. We're trying to get into the spirit of the thing. We're doing better than we were Thursday, Wags. I mean, we were pretty damn morose Thursday, and I was – you know, on here with a cowboy hat and, you know, sound like I was Buckaroo Bob, you know, rustling up the cattle in the uh, Tombstone, Arizona. 
But you know that's 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 behind us now. It's yes. and the Arizona Coyotes are almost behind us now. Just like you saw in the graphic leading into the show, that Mad Max Fury Road. That's going to be us getting the fuck out of Arizona after Monday, and you know, ch- you know, ch- stirring up dust behind us. We are so done with Arizona. All respect due to Corey and Richie with Sporty and Corey Richie. They're one of our favorites. Uh, uh, shows on the network but it's just like they, they're kind of like in-laws wags you know you know you you, you know you in-laws you like your in-laws you you know you, you kind of have to it's good for relationships generally but when they come over for the weekend and then there's a big snowstorm like we're getting tonight here in st louis then they have to stay for the entire week um you get kind of tired of them after a week i mean let's just face it the coyote arizona coyotes are our in-laws right now yeah they kind of are and and they they they're kind of annoying, but they're also really good and you kind of have to respect them. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's just one of those icky feelings. Like I, I, I should really hate these people, but I have to love them. And then we've got friends that are associated with them. So you can't really hate them too much. You can't talk bad about them. There's a, there's a guy on the team that you kind of want to you know, have join your team. It, it's real messy. And I, I, you know what? I'd much rather play in the snow in the street. Yeah, and we're going to have that chance because we're going to get a lot of snow here. Uh, and the night we're recording this, it's just hitting the uh, downtown St. Louis area. You're, of course, in St. Charles County, so you're probably getting it already. And, uh, yeah, everyone is freaking out here in St. Louis. The, the, all the milk and the bread is gone from the shelves of St. Louis. If you're listening to us away from St. Louis, this is how we do snow, okay? we The bread, the milk, the eggs, all gone. Done. Uh, guy, the white blues fan, he doesn't have to worry about snow in Hawaii. Of course not, because he's in freaking Hawaii. And uh, he is in full playoff mode for the uh, Coyotes. So welcome there. Welcome, Brian uh, Blackford, listening to this show. Unfortunately, um, we can't control the phone app, you know, of StreamYard. So but that's something that definitely StreamYard. I know they're constantly making improvements uh, to the uh, platform here. We're able to play longer videos now than we were before, you know, native to StreamYard. So they're always making improvements. I'm sure they'll have an app coming out at some point. Shout out Ooh. to Luke Whitbin. Minus 20 degrees. Of course, Luke Whitbin is in Minnesota. So I feel like uh, we don't have the right to really complain about cold weather because Luke Whitbin, he deals with the Minnesota. And I know how he feels because I lived in both Dakotas in my lifetime for some insane reason. Ouch. I, I know what minus 30 feels like actual temp. Let me tell you, it doesn't feel much different from minus 10 or zero. Once you get past a certain point, it's just flipping cold. And it just your your body doesn't register it any differently, really. Except when if you still have like, you know, you ever wake up and you have like eye crud. Oh, you know, yeah. And and you walk out the door. Well, in minus 30 degrees, it like flash freezes to your face. Oh. So, you know, make sure your eyes are wide open before you close the door <laughs> on your way out, because otherwise you're going to be blind. Um you know, this 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 is life tips here we are giving here giving to you here in St. Louis because we are dealing with temperatures around zero degrees right now, and I hate it. I left the Dakotas for a reason. Darn it. Anywho, um, we are of course online uh, at on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Blue Notes Pod. Give us a like, subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube, first of all, welcome. Second of all, if you can ring that bell, uh, that way you can know uh, when we are live. We are streaming on Facebook as well as YouTube tonight. And, of course, we're available wherever you get your podcasts from. So we have uh, taken care of uh, some of the initial housekeeping here. We have bitched about the cold weather enough. So, um, But we're excited, Wags. We're excited before Game 7 against Arizona Monday. 
and I feel like screaming about it. And we need to have someone along with us, one of the best screamers in the Blues fan base right now. He is a man. You may have heard of him on Twitter or seen his YouTube videos. He is Blues Fan Reacts, and he is joining us here on Blue Notes. By the way, before we get to him, though, Guy chiming in, I need to call out both Wags and Luke for not getting in to the Pick'em contest. Wags, you're slacking. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, it sucks. I, you know, I've got school and work and another show, and I completely have just fallen off the face of the earth when it comes out. I haven't even gotten a chance to really get into DraftKings either. I've got, I did a couple things for the Super Bowl, but man, I tell you what, I gotta, I gotta get back on track because the the February doldrums have, have really taken a hold of me, and I, I gotta get into it. So March, March is the target to get back to some normalcy for me. And, and I'm going to defend Luke here because it's minus 20 degrees in, in Minneapolis right now. Do you know how hard it is to, you know, make, make sports picks when it's t- minus 20 degrees? Do you know how hard it is to function as a human being when it's minus 20 degrees? I mean, come on now. Uh, all right, Luke does chime See? in. He says yep. he's not, not wrong. He coaches baseball practice. It's killing my content engagement. And I'm lucky I get my picks in because Southern Illinois, Edwardsville pretty much owns me for the next couple of months between <laughs> baseball, softball, and uh, volleyball that I'm doing, which I'm glad to do. I get to do my live out my Tom Calhoun dreams with them, um, and I'm glad they have me, but it's just it's a time suck. So I, I totally, totally understand. All right, without further ado, we have, we have made him wait on the sidelines long enough. I know he's going to come out bursting out of the gate like he just came out of the penalty box after a five-minute fighting major. This is Blues Fan Reacts. He joins us uh, right here on Blue Notes. It's the Blue Notes Face-Off of the Week. Look at him. He's excited. He is excited. It is Blues Fan Reacts. What's going on, buddy? I'm doing all right. How about yourself? I must say that's quite a flattering picture of me. You told me that it was going to be a hell of an intro, and you, you delivered. Yeah, well, you know, I it's it's you know, I had to I had to get that picture because that was from our chat last night uh, after the game. I uh, had a chance to jump on guys post game show. You were on there as well. And uh, that was you reacting to. Uh, uh, Speed Demon is elite. You know the one, the only Jordan Cairo, who I know you're a you're a you're a fan of. Oh, I've been a big fan of him ever since we drafted him. You know, I knew it was going to be something special, especially uh, you know last year, especially in 2019, uh, when he, late 2019 when he was really breaking out, getting his first real chance in the NHL. And uh, I remember watching him. Uh, last Blues game I ever went to was in LA, and uh, I got to see that Schwartz Shen Cairo line in person. And I tell you what, the cameras don't fully pick up on just how quick he is. And uh, I can only assume he's even quicker this. I I can only assume he's even quicker this season. So he he put on ten pounds in the off season, and it was all muscle. And I had a chance to see him. I was I'm able to go to some Blues games uh, through uh, through my work at KMOX, and uh, he is just rapid in person. I mean, he and he's so effortless when he skates too. It's not like he's like you know like doing one of those. He he just glides out there mm-hmm. and he is super super fast he's he's quickly becoming one of my favorites now i was always a jordan Cairo believer you know when when the blues drafted him he won the red tilson award in the ohl he completely lit that league up 
I knew they had something there. I also knew he needed some time to adjust to the pro game and, you know, some, you know, playing more of a, a two way style in the NHL. You can't just get by with playing offense, I guess, unless you're Mike Hoffman. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, I, he needed some time. I'm glad he's, he's turning it out. Uh, was there ever a time, Wags, when you thought maybe that Cairo wouldn't make it? Honestly, last year, uh, I just think he didn't get as much of an opportunity as he probably could have last year. And I know last year was was weird. It was just an odd year, uh, especially once the pandemic hit. But he just always seemed to be in, in Baruby's doghouse. And once you get into that mode, it's really hard to come out of it. He had some flashes, but it, last year it just seemed like this this year was going to be make it or break it. And I'm just I'm thrilled that he's taken everything that Coach Berube has said and taken it to heart and really, like you said, put on weight. He is seeing the ice so much better, and he's making great reads. That's that's the big thing. He knows yeah. when to turn it on, and he knows when to hold back. And I think that's something you wouldn't have seen over the last couple of years. He's just a straight-line skater. Well, now he knows when to hit the speed burst, and it's helped him immensely this year. Well, I think it's fair to say after 15 games, like Blues fans re uh, react, like to say, Speed Demon is elite. Six goals, eight assists, plus two. And like I said last night on the stream, uh, Blues fan reacts, he's doing more than producing on offense. He's become a real forechecking demon. Oh, for sure. He's been insane. I mean, it's hard not to be a good forechecker when he puts when a player puts in the effort that he does and just has the speed. Like, we've talked about that. I mean, we've talked about <laughs> him putting on 10 pounds of pure muscle in the offseason. I mean, I put on 10 pounds of nachos. No one's impressed with that. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, when you're as fast of a skater as a guy, I think that there is an expectation almost from the players. Like, okay, you're this fast. You can get back there. So go do it. And he, from the beginning of the season, we knew that if he didn't pan out this year, he was going somewhere else. I, we all knew that because uh, his trade value is high, and honestly, he'd be a better he'd be a better uh, he'd better. I think he'd be a better producer if he was on a team such as the Avalanche because they're based on speed. We're based yeah. on like grind. We're based on a grinding style. Yep. So. And we saw the same thing happen with Robbie Fabry, too. He didn't quite fit our grind as well. And then he goes to Detroit, and he's automatically one of their best players. Uh, so, you know, I think we're, we would have saw the same thing with Jordan Cairo. And he took that opportunity, and he just ran with it. And there's no looking back now. Jordan Cairo is for real. Yeah, it's fair to say Fabry never adapted his style at all. He was always an offense first guy, even before Barubi, even before all those injuries. And it just it felt like he was so set in his ways. And that doesn't play with with Coach Barubi. And unfortunately, Fabry's gone. Um, but credit Kairou for taking uh, Coach Barubi's advice. I mean, Barubi, I know, has been working with him quite a bit, you know, over the last uh, year or so. You know, he he kind of we, we kind of talked about this last night on the on the uh, post game show um, about you know we were kind of a little concerned about how Coach Barubi kind of treats youngsters, and you know the Athletics Jeremy Rutherford put out a really good article about you know how Barubi's been handling uh, the likes of Ivan Barbashev and Jordan Cairo, and um, they had a he had, you know, Barubi had a chat with both of them last week because they both were kind of in mini funks. You know, Barbashev wasn't really doing much of note. Uh, now Barbashev ends up on the first line as part of Ruby's idea to get a heavy player on each line. In fact, he uh, you know told uh, Rutherford, "quote He's kind of looked a little bit uninspired at times." And I've talked to him. We had a good conversation, so I'm hoping this inspires him a little bit and get a little more life into his game, a little bit more emotion 
into his game. And Wags, it seems to have worked because I kept seeing Barbashev blocking shot after shot after shot, and he looked very much involved uh, Saturday night. He really did. He had a goal. He's got a goal in two straight games now. Yeah, one of them is an empty netter, but sometimes an empty net is the one that really kind of breaks the dam for you as well. And yeah. I, I was a little concerned having him play on the top line because he's always been a fourth line player. Uh, but when you're playing the Aval, or not the Avalanche, when you're playing the Coyotes and you need that heavy player on each line, it, it makes sense to put him on a line with those guys with O'Reilly because he makes everybody better. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm very impressed with what Barbashev's doing. He's been one of my favorite players since he came into the league. So I'm not going to sit there and say this is all new to me. I, I've always plays, but I guarantee you as soon as this series with Arizona is over, he's right back down there on the fourth line because they're going to have to readjust the lineup uh, when they go to play some of these other teams. Getting back to uh, Fabry, by the way, uh, <laughs> a guy the White Blues fan notes, he could, he could be one of the best players on Detroit and he can't play. Uh, that team is a mess. That is an they're an absolute mess. I mean, they're they're not. I don't even know if they're rebuilding anymore. They're just they're just a mess right they now. And up. I got my shiny new arena. We don't have to play hockey anymore. And so. I've got my and I've got my shiny new Steve Eiserman. Everything is going to be just fine. <laughs> and yes. uh, because yeah, because that worked I, out so well in Tampa Bay. <laughs> it did well. It, it did, but it's just you know I, I seem to recall another team that took a Stanley Cup winners. Uh, uh, top executive and thought it would replicate success in St. Louis and it didn't. Oh yeah, I'm talking about Mike Keenan. Oh, you, really? You had I to bring had, him up again. I I had to talk about the you know Mother Keenener. Yeah, I I really did. I I'm sorry. I had to make the comparison. Yeah, sometimes when a coach or a GM wins a Stanley Cup, it doesn't mean he was responsible for that. Anyway, we right. kind of saw that with the Rangers and the Blues. So, uh, kind of getting back to Barbashev and you know. I, I, you know, Blues fan reacts. Um, one thing that I've I've noticed about Baruby is if he has three really good players, he doesn't, you know, do like the Colorado thing where he just sticks them all in one line and they just go out and bulldoze everyone. He likes to spread out his pairings quite a bit, and then he'll put a heavy, you know, on the top lines to help protect, you know, Schwartz and Shen, and then he'll put a heavy to, you know, help protect O'Reilly and Perron. It, it, I've been kind of wanting to see if he would pull the trigger on putting Hoffman on the top line with uh, with uh, Schwartz and Shen. He's done it at times to mixed results, but it seems like Baruby always goes back to putting, uh, you know, like a Blay or a Barbashev or a Sunquist on that line. And honestly, I think it works better that way. It certainly does. I mean, it doesn't matter what player plays with a, a, a fire hydrant could get 40 assists playing with Schwartz and Shen. So, That's I mean, true. we got to think about that. <laughs> um, but I mean, no, it's it's not. I like seeing uh, Barbashev on the top line. He certainly is a player that puts in the effort. He certainly deserves to be in a position like that. Uh, but I, I mean, if we think of the first game having Sunquist on the top line, we saw him score two goals. Yeah. You know, and I I really like that even when that uh first came out and a lot of people I don't know if you guys remember a lot of people on Twitter were up and I was like why is Sunquist on the top line? What are you doing? Why not up in there? But I mean, Sunquist is one of those players he's he's got to be top 5 most underrated players in the entire league. You know, he does everything. He, he he'll does. go on the power play. He'll go on the penalty kill. He'll block 10 shots a game. You know, this is the kind of player that deserves a lot more than his contract is giving him. Uh but you know, it's just a matter of, and I love Sunquist. I love Sunquist. He reminds me of how I played. 
uh, you know, I did a little bit of everything. Whatever coach told me to do, I did it because I was just happy to be there. And you were and, happy to get uh, and you were happy to get run over by Tom Wilson repeatedly, right? Oh yes, no, for sure. Yeah. Yes, I love that. <laughs> I mean, every hockey league has its Tom Wilsons, right? But, uh, the thing is, there's no video review to suspend that player, so they just got keep doing Tom Wilson crap. Yeah, uh, ex- but at exactly. The same time, you know, uh, I really like Barbashev on that top line with O'Reilly Perron. You know, I thought all three of them play a very similar style. You know, Barbashev might be more of that hitting person uh, and O'Reilly might be more of that playmaker. Perron is more of that score. That's all he does is score. That's all he does. Yeah. Um, but I think that's, that's a combination that Brube wanted to try. It's like, just let's see these three players play similar, but different styles. So, I mean, but- if we put them together, what's the worst, what could possibly go wrong? And uh, tell you what, not much went wrong when they were and- together. And I should put a disclaimer out there with David Perron. We're happy that's all he does is score yeah, oh because yeah. he because he used to wags have the pension for having a really dumb penalty at least once or twice a game. He seems to have stopped that wags, and I'm I'm happy about that. Yeah, it was always in the offensive zone when things were starting to go well, and then all of a sudden he gets called for a penalty. It it, it drove like a us slash or something. Oh, yeah. yeah, it drove us absolutely nuts. But to, to your guys' point about you know these guys that are similar. I have posited this so many times that the Blues don't technically have a top line. They've got four very balanced lines. So you can move guys up and down the the lineup and it's not going to hurt anything because you don't have, you don't have a a legit superstar. And yes, you could even throw Vladimir Tarasenko in that. I don't think he's a legit superstar. Mm -hmm. He's a team player. They all work well with each other. So uh, the whole top line, second line thing, over the last couple of years, it just doesn't even matter, really. You've got four lines that can produce and do different things. The fourth line, in a sense, has led us a lot over the last couple of years. I think they were one of the best lines in the Stanley Cup run. So that that's why it, it feels like a guy like Barbashev or Sunquist can play well on the top line. It's because all the lines are very, very similar, and they just go out there and work hard. Yeah, exactly. And that's why they won the Stanley Cup, I feel, in 2019, because – they rolled all four lines. I mean, the days of, you know, putting twist and chase on a line on the fourth line and having them just wreck people, you know, that those days are dead and gone. If you're a fourth liner on the St. Louis Blues, you need to be contributing on offense as well. Sunquist can contribute, Barbashev can contribute. Fuck Kyle Clifford. Who knew oh the God. big red who knew the big red dog was this elite offensive talent just waiting to come out here? I mean, it seems like, you know, he's he's really kind of found a uh, niche here in St. Louis and I was kind of expecting him to be, you know, the type of guy that uh, kind of like another McKeckern or a uh, um, you know, someone of that ilk where he would be like in and out of the lineup, you know, of the 56 games he might get like I don't know, like 35, 40 or mm-hmm. so, but the big red dog has three goals and he's a plus two. And uh, he's got to be, for me this year, the biggest surprise on, on, on the Blues, Blues fan reacts. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I like, I I, tell, I talked about this uh, in the video I made when Kyle Clifford uh, was actually signed. I made a video right after that. And I was like, why did we do that? We're so cap strapped already. Why sign yeah. him for one? Why sign him for two years? I wasn't mad about the million. I was mad about two years. This is Kyle Clifford. He had three points last year. He couldn't, <laughs> he could barely make the Leafs roster. So I was just baffled by that. I mean, Joe yeah. Thornton's making more, making less than him. So Jason I was, Spencer's making less than him. Jason Spencer's making less than him. But like, <laughs> I was just so confused. And then here he is. He scores in game one. 
Yeah. Then he scored, and then we're like, okay, that's wonderful. Who would have guessed that out of Krug, Hoffman, and and Clifford that he would have scored his first goal first? And then finally they all got their goals, and then he scored again. God, Clifford literally scored again. I'm like, okay, hang on. (laughs) What's going on? (laughs) You know, uh, and then last night he scores another goal, and it's a beautiful goal. It's a goal scorer's goal. You would have thought that he'd do this all the time. You would have think think? he'd have that shot and he'd be scoring every game based on how he's played every game, you know. That's why I was so incensed when he was scratched in game three, you know. (laughs) I was just like, why? He's been your only good player. (laughs) So... (laughs) Give us back our Clifford. <laughs> Clifford, uh, a big dog. That's right. Yeah, I mean, I mean, to be fair, when he was in the OHL, he did put up 28 goals in uh, 2009-10 with the Barry Colts in his final year, and you know he he's he, he's got it in his locker. I mean, he did score 11 goals in 2018-19 for the Kings. So I mean, it's in his locker. It's just it's just he's getting to shine. But I was with I was with you. I mean, when. When he was signed, you know, I was thinking of the cap situation, but I was also thinking, like, my God, we we have Barbashev, we have Sunquist, uh, we have uh, Jacob Delarose, the big return for Robbie Fabry, uh, Mackenzie McEachern. I mean, we we've got bangers, you know, we got more bangers than we know what to do with, and then you're bringing in, you know, a guy like Clifford, who's not only a banger, but you know, he, he kind of is a you know shitster. I mean, remember when the Kings were uh, in town and he bumped Jordan Bennington last season, and then. You know, Barbashev and Sunquist, you know, kindly escorted him away and, uh, you know, pinned him up against the boards. That was Kyle <laughs> Clifford. That's what he does. That is what he does. I just didn't think that we we really needed that. So, uh, but it, it's worked out. It's worked out. What do I know? What do I that, know? I'm veteran I'm, leadership. It's veteran leadership. And it's, yeah. I think they knew that they were losing Alex Steen. I think they knew that that was going to be happening. And yeah. I'm not saying Steen was a guy that, you know, disturb things up as much as Kyle Clifford does, but he was a guy that got under people's skin. And I don't see that being something that a guy like Sunquist or McKecker and or De La Rose, those guys don't do that kind of stuff. And you need somebody that can kind of get under people's skin. And I was a little worried as you guys were, but after everything that has gone down over the last few years with the blues, <laughs> I will not go against anything that Doug Armstrong or Craig Berube does because everything that they've done so far the last couple of years has worked out. I mean, come on, Petro got COVID. He wouldn't have got it in St. Louis, I don't think. And he That's got burned true. by Kairou. By, yeah. by, by yeah, but that was the most beautiful moment I think I've ever seen as a Blues fan. I'm I, sorry. Like, I God think, knows I'll miss Petro so much, and we I all think, miss him so much. But I am so glad we do not have that cap hit. <laughs> Holy smokes. Not only that, and not just the cap hit, but the no movement clause. I mean, he's basically going to retire a Vegas Golden Knight, whether, you know, he's got, you know, injured or not. Uh, but yeah, I still maintain that Speed Demon gave Petro COVID on that, on that goal. I, I oh, mean, sure. come on. He burned him that bad. Yes, Kyronavirus. Kyronavirus. I love it. I That's absolutely right. I love mean, it. I mean, I thought the same thing about Kyle Clifford that I did with Tory Krug. The Tory Krug thing. Like, what is up with Doug Armstrong and literally signing people who we were enemies with in the last two years? I mean, Krug that hit uh, with last one. Uh, that Krug with that uh, hit on uh, on Robert Thomas in the playoffs, obviously. And then Kyle Clifford just mucking it up with uh, – Jordan Bacon. I don't know what our beef is with Mike Hoffman, but I'm sure if we look hard enough, we'll find it. But uh, I mean, you know, it's just it just baffled me. And I, everybody knows that. I mean, Doug Armstrong is a person I'm sure is wonderful, but I've there's a lot of things that he's done that I haven't agreed with. And uh, this year, 
He's impressed me. He's really impressed me. He's signed players to good deals. That Tory Crew contract looks unbelievable. And yeah. now, suddenly, that Falk contract looks unbelievable. <laughs> Who would have thought, if you would have told me, I said this in my last video, if you would have told me that Justin Falk would not only be better than Petro this year, but would be in the Norris conversation, I would have called you a complete idiot. Look, the NHL season and the Blues season started on January 13th. One month ago and a day ago, if you if I were to come to you, say, the day before on January 12th, having been here on February 14th when we're recording this on St. Valentine's Day, and I would have told you, hey, the, 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 the two players that are really leading the way for the Blues this year are Justin Falk and Jordan Cairo, you would have slapped me. He would have been like, don't give me hope. I would have said, don't give me hope. How dare you? I would have been like, what the fuck are you talking about? I mean, Jordan Cairo, he barely has a lineup spot. And Justin Falk, well, he's Justin Falk. I mean, you know, where 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 does this come from? Where does this come from? Falk into your gang now. We are all dialed in for our Lord. You said your Lord and Savior. Our Lord, our our Lord and Savior. We are are the uh, founders, in addition to having, you know, the Blue Notes Bunch on Facebook, a Facebook group, it's also the Justin Falk Stan Club. So, you know, you you can stay. I ought to join that. You you can stand away for Justin Falk. That's a good segue there. Um, All right, so let's go ahead and talk about Game 7 of the Keller Cup tomorrow. But before we we do that, let's let's go ahead and retrace our steps steps to how we got here at this point. And, And we're going to give another shout out here to uh, Luke Widbin, who is chilling in his minus 20 degree igloo up in Minnesota. Uh, I think I think Blues fan reactions got to chill thinking about it. I can't um, even but, imagine. <laughs> but he had he had he had time to drop some cold beats for us here in our week five recap wrap. And in his wrap this week, you can kind of see the inner torment over the Arizona Coyotes that we all felt. Well, it literally came out in his rap. Without further ado, here is Luke Whitbins, MC Whitbins, Week 5 Recap Rap. Welcome to therapy, Mr. Fingers. I think I'll have you start by lying down and telling me what's on your mind. You may begin. Doc, I can't take it anymore. I think I'm going insane. My brain's inflamed because every time the team is the same, I can't do my normal recap. It just causes me pain. I'm drained and playing. Only Arizona's to blame. They even added a game. It's up to seven in a row. It could have been any team. Why did it have to be the Yotes? I get it. I'm glad they're playing. It's better than nothing. It's fine. But while I'm here, can I just tell you what's really on my mind? Yo, are we playing the Coyotes or are we playing the Beatles? Because the last time I checked, a team has more than four people. You've got Keller, Schmaltz, Garland, and Dvorak. Who else? Can you name another four besides the guy they threw out? Yannick Schmaltz is touted. We knew that from Chicago. Well, it would have been nice if he'd say some talent for his brother. Oh, but have you heard about Keller? He's a St. Louis lad. Yeah, well, I'm from Minnesota, so I don't care about that. Sanford Schwartz, what were you thinking? Taking penalties like that. I know it's a good story, but really? Less than a second left? O'Reilly got 200. Way to really waste the moment. Did you see Shen in the shootout? What a metaphoric omen. Opportunity in front of you. You let it slip away. But at least you got the point. But these are all division games. That's why I'm glad we won on Saturday, but with a grain of salt, keep playing all these three-point games, and you can't separate enough. I think that you're forgetting Friday, when the Blues won 4-1. to Oh, that's right, the only game we shut the top line down, we won. Doc, how can such a small guy be the cause of so much harm? I put all the Christmas stuff away, I'm sick of seeing Garland. Someone put a body on him, he's 5'10", I bet he wishes. Estrom's feet are always moving toward the net for all the tappings. Yeah, shit happens when you turn the puck over in your run zone, but is it really asking too much to get the first save from Puso? All right, chill, bro, I'm sick of only hearing your complaints. Over 
playing the same team. At least your team is playing games. Yeah, you said you're from Minnesota. How'd a wild do last week? That's right, they haven't played a game since the first week of February. You say Yotis have your number. Guess the stats say that's true. But the number I see says the Blues got points in all but two. Barbashev moved up a line. It's been a revelation. Sure, they lost in the last second, but the shot blocks were tenacious. And the goalie Jordan Bennington's been playing out his mind. And your other goalie cannot stop shot one, but then he's fine. You're so quick to dismiss Friday. How about you enjoy the win? That bad goal was deemed offside. They didn't count it, so please grin. Justin Falk continues scoring. Did you see the second goal? Jordan Kairou's highlight setup, and the next game scored his own. Followed up in overtime by a laser shot by Hoffman. Now get up, enjoy game seven. I've got people with real problems. You know, I, I don't I think I gotta that... tell you, Dr. Doofenshmirtz is spitting. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> By the way, I don't think that was his real doctor. I'm just, I'm just, I, I don't know. Something about him was just off. You reckon? I, I think so. I think so. Uh, by the way, MC Whitman, thank you so much for that rap. I mean, you know, just doing it again for us here. And um, yeah, there were times last week, especially like on our Thursday episode when I wanted to lie down on the couch and have a, you know, German doctor, psychiatrist, you know, you know, explain why I'm having mental breakdowns. Um, but regardless, one thing that has helped, winning helps, of course. The Blues have won their last two against Arizona. And I'm really like, especially Saturday, I'm starting to invest in this idea that we are in a playoff series in the middle of the regular season. This is a playoff test. This is playoff practice for the Blues here. And you know what? I'm 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 kind of excited actually for Monday because it's game seven. And I really wags, I really want there to be some sort of cup that you know the team lift that either the blues or coyotes lift after this. I, I call it the Keller Cup. There's the Kachuk Cup. Uh, I think there's like another one that was mentioned. Uh, the, the Gretzky Cup. Yeah, because, you know, you know Gretzky, True. True. Gretzky, Gretzky played under a bad coach here in St. Louis, and then he became a bad coach himself in, in Phoenix. So, you know, that works. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of excited for Monday Night Wags, aren't you? I, I kind of am, yeah. And it's an afternoon game, which is really, really nice. It kind of breaks up the day. And speaking of, if anything, we just need to go find, if you're a Friends fan, just go find the Geller Cup, you know, the, the troll to the two by four, just that that's mm-hmm. what needs to be presented. And you can just scratch out the G and turn it into a K and all of a sudden you got the Keller cup and you're all set to go. Uh, Luke Whitman thinks it should be the K cup, you know, you know, as in, you know, the Kachuk cup, uh, you know, when he's that's that, you know what, that's tidy cup cup. There yeah, we go. That was good. That was good. That was good. And, and not only that, but it's appropriate after a seven game series for a man to develop a stuttering problem. So it sounds like you're stuttering when you say K cup. You know, there you go. By the way, Luke, you know, this is life life pro tips here. This is a life hack. If your therapist is that rough with you, get a new one. So there you go. Wisdom from I Luke Whitman. I stop seeing my therapist because she wouldn't stop laughing. Ah, oh, man. Don't you hate when they do that? It's obnoxious. Oh, it, it's really obnoxious. I mean, really. I mean, they're, the standards have fallen, you know, since Freud. It's, I mean, it's, it's I, really if, ridiculous. If I tell you about my peanut butter and jelly fetish, I think that they should be able to listen, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're paying and I, them. And I feel I'm like pay, exactly. I'm paying them. They should let the least they can do is listen. I, and I feel there's a whole podcast you can do about that. I'm not sure it's this one, but that there's definitely, you know, I think there is a there's a niche out there that you can fill there. Um, don't tempt me. <laughs> uh, 
Guy suggests the Walt Cup. So, you know, and, and again, another an, right. another vote for Kachuk. So, you know, there you go. Um, so how do you feel about Game 7 Blues Fan Reacts? Are you are you looking forward to Game 7 because it feels like a playoff series? Or are you looking forward to it because it means we don't have to see the fucking Coyotes again until late April? Well, I'm a Blues fan. I'm more nervous than anything. Oh, of course. <laughs> I mean, that's our nature. It's our nature. If we lose to the Coyotes tomorrow, because we have proven the last two games in a row that we are fully capable of beating them. Uh, you know, if we lose to them, we're never going to hear the end of it. You guys realize oh. that, right? <laughs> so right, that's exactly. That's what I'm nervous about. I'm nervous about for my DM's sake, for my notification's sake, and for my vocal cord's sake that the Blues actually show up tomorrow. Because, well, yeah, you guys. I, mean, I would re- I'll really look forward to do an actually fun video tomorrow saying Blues win. But, I mean, I don't want to just, like, go into the video just like this for, like, four minutes. And I'm going... Yeah, we suck. We suck, guys. So, you know, it's just uh, hopefully the Blues show up. That's all I want. That's all we want is for them to look competitive. That's it. But but here's a point though. If they do lose Game Seven, I mean, isn't just isn't this just another Blues early playoff exit like we've seen so many times before? True. You reckon we'd be used to it by now? I mean, February's got to be a record, you know, to be out of the playoffs this early. Hey, they That's they were almost out of the playoffs in January of 2019. So. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, this this could also be the whole cup because yeah, yeah, he uh, played for Arizona. He did play. Yeah. He had a he had a cup of coffee in Phoenix right after the lockout. He played, I think, like seven games, and then he decided he's too old for this shit, and then he retired. Basically, I so, didn't know that. Interesting. Yeah, exactly. So that there, there's another option for you. There you go. Um, you know, I kind of speculated, you know, where we're talking about the whole idea of this being, you know, a playoff series. I had kind of a rambling thought on, during Thursday's episode that maybe it's best that we play the Coyotes now in these seven games. Because, you know, number one, as Luke pointed out, it could be worse. We could not be playing at all. We could just be sitting on our asses and, you know, with, with, with Colorado and the Wild and, you know, right alongside them. But we are playing games, so that's a good thing. But also, you know, Wags, I, you know, I kind of I, I feel better about saying that it's good that we play the Coyotes in this series now because we have to figure out a way to beat these guys. They they own our asses over the past couple of years. So I feel this is almost like, you know, being thrown in the fire and saying, OK, figure this shit out. And the Blues, thankfully, are figuring this shit out. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of took the uh, other angle on that about, you know, when you play this team later in the in the season, if you do match up in the playoffs, they're obviously going to be a different team and, and maybe playing a slightly different style with maybe an, another player at the trade deadline. Uh, but it does give them a little bit of a kick in the ass, basically saying, hey, you got to get into playoff form now. You know, you're playing a team for seven straight games. You have to have that mentality of figuring it out. Now, this is this is where it could maybe hurt them a little bit because they've just spent all this time learning about an opponent, kind of figuring out over a couple of games how they can play them. Now you're going to go back to this whole two-game series stretch. Are we going to see them react slowly and maybe drop a couple of games because they feel like they have some time to get used to playing this team? That That's the one worry I do have out of this. But I'm still very, very uh, happy that we've been able to win these last few games and, and really hope we can win tomorrow as well. Yeah, thank you, Lise Forever, for subscribing. And, oh, by the way, a belated thank you for uh, Alex Dean as well. By the way, this a few years late on that. I, you know, I'm sorry about that. Um <laughs> Had to get that in there. Had to get of it course. in there. Um, and, and by the, unsubscribe. 
Exactly. It was fun while it lasted. Um, by the way, three thumbs up, pointing out that Mike Hoffman is indeed a blue. Yes, um, he and, is and, making a reference to my one of my most popular videos is just me basically screaming for three minutes straight. Mike Hoffman is a blue. So you uh, screaming for three minutes straight? Really? It was a screaming really? video. Oh yeah, it was at least no, it's probably closer to four minutes. I was just screaming things. Mike Hoffman is a blue. It was just that for four minutes straight. It was a great video to watch. My vocal cords, I had three cups of tea and it still didn't help. Very da- mean, very, very Steve Dangle-esque, by the way, when he oh, did the yeah. John Ta- when his John Tavares video, by the way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Very much I know, so. I got I, I a lot know, of comments I know like that. I got a lot. <laughs> I, I know he's one of your heroes, by the way. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's yeah. my dad. Are you kidding me? He's my dad. He's your dad. Oh, you, yeah. He, Steve Dangle's he, my dad. Are you kidding me? Does he know this? I don't think so. Okay. All right. All right. Well, he was we'll, a bit we'll, of a we'll... rascal in high school. Ah, uh, yeah. That that. Does he, that okay, does he like not strike you as that kind of person? Like, what? A little bit. A why little do you bit. think? What? Why do you think he goes by Dangle? You know. I mean, come on. I mean, when you're when you're in high school and you have a nickname of Dangle, I mean, what what could you possibly be referencing? Come on. Right. Exactly. Well, apparently Dang- it wasn't it wasn't referencing the hockey Dangle. He said it in his book. It wasn't rec- it wasn't referencing that. He came up with that. Uh, while he was in college or something like that, and he just thought it sounded funny, so he did it. So, uh, by the way, uh, Lee's forever pointing out. I guess he's sticking around. Um, he says, "Oh well, no problem. Glad we can help." See, Canadians are so nice. Canadians are the nicest people. But then he screams, "We defiantly didn't have any issues over the past fifty-three years." I feel like we can relate on that. I, you know, fit, I mean, I, it took us fifty-two to to, to get ours. So, you know. We feel your pain, Leafs, Leafs fans. We really do. And, of course, we hear about it because Toronto sports media is the loudest media in the planet. So, you know, we definitely understand. Right. Oh, of by, course. By the way, uh, this guy has a grievance here. Uh, he thought that uh, he was your dad. So, I have two dads. It's 2021. I have two dads. My two dads. You can do a sitcom, I think. Is this, is, is, is this BFR getting exposed here? I mean, oh, do, we, do, we, do, be... we, do we need to get Mari Povich in this bitch? Well, guys, it was. Can we get Mari into this? <laughs> yeah, I, I wonder what you he, what, what's he doing nowadays. The father. Oh man, that's going to be a hell of an episode. We'll get Dangle in here. It's going to be our our definitely our most viewed and shared episode of all time here on Blue Notes. Trust no me. Doubt. I mean, welcome. You're, I mean, you're hell, welcome. I mean, we 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 got all sorts of ideas, Wax. We were talking about getting Gina Carano on here. Yeah, you know? that's true. I mean, we were. I mean, exactly. I, I think Ben Shapiro claimed her though, so that's that's uh, that's. Uh, that's out. Yeah. Oh well. We'll, oh, have to go well. Down a t- we'll have to go down a tier lower. Get the next former WWE UFC fighter who basically ruined her career. We got to get. We'll get the next tier. Yeah. We'll. Yeah. We'll, we'll get the next one definitely. Um. Yeah. We'll, we'll get like interesting a- right now. Let's see. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll. We'll get like the key grip on her worst the Mandalorian episode. You know to talk about that. Maybe we can. We can. We can bring him or her on. I think um, we should bring the wrestler that fought a Carly in that iCarly episode. Remember that? <laughs> That's who we should get on. Yes. <laughs> that would be the low tier. That was, I think that was Edge, wasn't it? Uh, or, was, or was it Triple H? I, I, I got to look this up now because I vaguely remember well, it was this. Played, no, it was on the iCarly episode. It was played by, uh, oh, goodness. Who started Victorious? Who oh, was she? No, no, no. Who I, was it? I, I can't. I can't remember. I can't I remember. remember either. But it was played by her, and I remember like, oh my gosh, I had such a crush on her growing up. Such right. a bad crush. And, and that was our iCarly segment of this episode, brought to you by DraftKings. Uh, sign up for DraftKings with promo code THPN. 
for all you <laughs> iCarly fans out there. There, uh, did you know that DraftKings has iCarly uh, Daily Fantasy? No, they 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 don't. They don't actually. They don't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, be careful. I got rebooting iCarly, so they you know, that might actually be something that might actually happen in some circles. Oh, I would not like an iCarly reboot. Are you kidding me? Nah, me neither. Me neither. By the way, no uh, way. Mason, what else are you hiding? Uh, too many things to count. Well, you know, this it would, I don't want this episode to be two hours of me ranting about all my deepest, darkest fears. So we're well, just going to leave it. We're just going to leave it at I was bullied in high school. <laughs> we're glad you're here because otherwise this is usually 90 minutes of Wags and I ranting about our deepest, darkest fears. So, you know, so, I mean, nope. it's it, we need variety. You're here for variety. Exactly right. Variety is the spice of life. Uh, at least forever again. I can't be mad at the Blues. Why would I? You did us a huge favor. You beat the Bruins in the finals. I thank you for that. You are welcome. Um, because uh, St. Louisans, uh, even before the Stanley Cup final, we St. Louisans don't like Boston at all. I mean, the Red Sox, they won their... They broke the curse of the Bambino at Old Bush Stadium, a hollowed ground. Jimmy Fallon and Drew Barrymore fucking celebrating on Bush Stadium, you know, turf right before it got torn down. I mean, no, mm. I no, I can't do that. I can't do that. Well, it's, um, it's more than that. It's it started with the fucking Patriots in two thousand one. You know, you see, was, see, I was at that game. Okay, I was I was in New Orleans. Me and my dad, uh, you know, because there was no hotels anywhere near New Orleans uh, when we got tickets for it. We slept in the back of his pickup truck you know, on an old futon mattress the day before the game. That's how we badly wanted to be there. And we were actually evicted of the, out of the parking garage because we weren't supposed to be there the, that morning. That's a whole other story in and of itself. But yeah, I was there for that game. And I was there when the refs handed the Patriots that Super Bowl win because the NFL wanted their fucking Patriots narrative after 9-11 and the Tom Brady story. And of course, as we all know, the NFL doesn't give a flying fuck about St. Louis this is devolved into a fuck Stan Kroenke uh, <laughs> podcast here. By the way, we've gone from <laughs> we have gone from iCarly to Stan Kroenke. You know, here I I, I really don't know if this is going to lead to better things for us, but it's definitely something. That's right, let's us, go uh, back to let's go back to uh, hating Boston because it's not just that we hate Boston; we hate the fans. Yes, those are some cocky sons of bitches. They are terrible, and and yeah, like you think anyone likes Boston? I don't think Boston <laughs> likes Boston. I I think there I think there are they there is some serious self loathing in Boston. I think that they try to conceal with their. Uh, you know, their weird accent and their, you know, fake rage over sports. I mean, it's they're terrible. By the way, I actually had a chance when I was at Camo, uh, well, still at Camo X. Um, and during the Stanley Cup week, uh, WBZ in Boston, their top news news talk station, actually had me uh, on their air a couple of times talking about the Stanley Cup finals. And they were sneaky. They were very sneaky. I had to watch what I said with them because they would interview me for like three, four, five minutes. And it, you know, it, it was a pre-record and they would cut it up later. And I was thinking, well, like, okay, this is kind of stretching a little bit. I mean, what are they looking for? And I remember I said something about Zdeno Chara's broken jaw and the only part, and I listened to WBZ the rest of the morning. The only part of our interview they played was talking about how blues players would probably be going after Zdeno Chara because of his broken jaw. That was the only part that they use out of that interview. And they, that, that was fucking agenda reporting right there. You know, I, I don't like when people blatantly bash media for being fake news, although there are some bad players. That's one of those examples where it's like, you know, some of those people have a point, you know, come on. That, that was not the context of the interview, but what do I know? It's Boston. And as you know, as even us and least forever can say, 
fuck Boston. So there you go. Right, exactly. Uh, it's uh, Victoria Justice. That was her name. The Victoria Justice against against Carly. That was her name. I just I literally just spent the last five minutes looking it up. I was like, what? Well, that's gonna keep me up at night. So anyway, let's go back to hockey talk. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we have Lee's Forever here, uh, by the way, asking us who our Stanley Cup picks are for this season. Uh, kind of one out of left field, one I haven't really thought about so far. And I feel like you almost can't pick one right now because so many teams have missed games. You don't really know where teams are right now, like the Wild and the Avalanche. The Avalanche has played their first game in ages tonight. Um, but let's go ahead and go to you, first of all, Rea- uh, Blues Fan Reacts. How do you, what's your Stanley Cup pick this year? Uh, I said this before the season even started, like assuming everybody stays healthy and assuming everybody, assuming COVID doesn't completely wreck them. I say the Leafs, I think they will. They got so much leadership. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And they got a, one of the best top sixes in the entire league. Uh, But I'd say my runner up would be Avalanche for sure. Uh, You know, they just, they're such a quick team that very few teams in the league uh, even hard-hitting teams like the Blues just can't keep up with them. They just glide past you before you even realize what's happening. Uh, so, I mean, I, I'd say Leafs are my first pick, uh, but I say Avs are my second. I would say I I, I, ca- I only worry uh, caution against the Leafs not just because of their 53 years of suffering, but also just the fact that the North Division is very soft. You know, mm-hmm. I think I think there are some <laughs> subpar teams in that division that are going to pad. Toronto stats a little bit this year. I mean, the Senators are an absolute disaster this year. Uh, the Canucks are becoming a disaster. Uh, Flames and Jets are kind of middling. There's two Canucks. Exa- exactly. There's exactly the Calgary right. Canucks and the Vancouver Canucks. Which one are we talking about? <laughs> and, well, exactly. Exactly. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't see the. I let me think about this for a bit. Wags, who do you have? Um, see, I, I actually like another team out of the North because <clears throat> what, what have I always said about what I think this league is all about now? And it's about two goaltenders. You got to have mm-hmm. two goaltenders that can absolutely win games for you. And I know they don't have a lot of, you know, superior offensive players, but you cannot overlook Montreal. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got Carey Price and Jake Allen. Jake Allen, obviously a Stanley Cup winning goaltender with the Blues. Yep. Um, I, I don't think they're going to make it and, and crest the hill per se, but if you're looking for a dark horse team, don't overlook Montreal. They'll, they're probably going to make a deal at the deadline to bring in some offensive punch, uh, but they're playing great right now. They've got two goaltenders that can stand on their heads and win you games. Uh, so I like Montreal as kind of a dark horse. I, I cannot believe it, but Boston is still there too. I mean, mm-hmm. they're they're playing very, very well. Yeah, um, They're going to miss Dan Chara, no question. Uh, that leadership, but they're going to be there at the very end. So I I think for me, Montreal and Boston are probably the two quote unquote Eastern conference teams. I like, and Vegas, man, I I, I don't know how you can go against Vegas. They're going to put it all together when they're healthy. Uh, I just think that it's probably their time. And once again, going back to two goaltenders, Leonard and Flurry. Flurry's playing phenomenally right now, even with the store, the sword still sticking out of his back. Uh, <laughs> two goaltenders win you Stanley Cups, and between Montreal and Vegas, I think those are the two that uh, might end up meeting in the finals. I still have, I, I think I, p- I picked before the season, and I still have them as my pick, and that's the Colorado Avalanche. I mean, they're so strong up and down. They have that killer line. Uh, their defensive core is just stacked, and they're young. Um, and I think their goaltending is coming around this year as well. I mean, they're uh, one of the 
Uh, they're actually the best in uh, the West Division in terms of goals against, although, of course, they missed a few games due to COVID. Um, but even still, like even if they had, you know, maybe three or four more games, it would still be probably top two or three. That's how good they've, they've, they've been this year. Uh, and it's really interesting to see how they'll come out of, um, you know, this COVID thing. I think they won tonight. No, they lost. I think they lost. Did they lose? Yeah, they lost to Vegas one nothing. Yeah, Vegas won nothing, but it was still a close game, and that's yeah. Vegas. That's a tough game to come back against, and they still played well. Uh, if it's not Colorado, I still like the Lightning a lot. I mean, that team is deep, 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 and they and they have the Stanley Cup pedigree. You you worry about them I, because, of course, there's always a Stanley Cup hangover effect, and you you know they didn't get the offseason that a lot of teams did. But uh, at the same time, though, they're still playing really good hockey. They're 7-2-1. and one. They've not felt the hangover effect at all. And, of course, they got Pat Maroon, who is the only NHL player that has won the Stanley Cup in the last two seasons. So why not make a three for the Oakville boy, right? Of course. Of course. Exactly. You love to see him. You love to see him have success. You know, I've always been a really – I've always been a closeted Pat Maroon fan, you know. And a lot of people hated me for that because it's like, you know, oh, he's such a – he doesn't produce when he should be and he, he's, he could be dirty at times. It's like, I mean, what's not to like about Pat Maroon? For exactly. One, Smoking hot fiance, are you kidding me? <laughs> and but for two, I mean, you know, you love the St. Louis boy, boy coming in, and I remember so clearly his interview with uh, Cam Jansen in the car. Yeah, it was before the season even began, and Jansen goes, "Can you imagine?" And he just goes, "Oh my god!" And then he did it. <laughs> he did it. He got went to St. Louis on obviously a rental contract. Same thing going on with Mike Hoffman. You know, we knew we knew that he was going to be gone after the end of the season. Might as well have a little fun with him. And yeah, we won the cup. We won the freaking cup. Pat Maroon won yeah. the Stanley Cup, and then he won it again. Yeah, yeah. Mar- again. Maroon's winning at the game of life. He's got two Stanley Cups. He got to play next to McDavid, which means that he probably you know extended his career a few years with that twenty-seven goal season. And uh, yeah, he's got a you know really hot fight fiance. So yeah, he's winning at the oh, yeah. game of life right now. Wags is losing at the game of life right now because uh, Least Forever is uh, not a fan of the fact that uh, you appear to be a closet Habs fan. Yeah, I kind of am. I, I like the jersey. <laughs> I like the pedigree. I like the fact that uh, you know they basically announce goals in two languages. It, it's I don't know. I just I think I really think it comes down to the Toronto media that that. That really is what puts me off of the Maple Leafs. I, I don't dislike the Maple Leafs. I think you know they've had some great players. They've had some great teams. Uh, you know, I was a big Matt Sundin fan growing up. I, I really enjoyed watching him play. Uh, but it just saw, I guess the media is just so rampant and just disgusting in Toronto. I think that's really put me off them. Whereas Montreal seems purer, I guess in a sense. Um, that, that's just me, and you know, I, I like the uniforms. All right, Lease Forever. I'm a chick, aren't I? Oh, gosh. Yeah, you're in trouble, Wags. And, you know, Lease Forever, we're going to give you a couple minutes to simmer on this and think about what Wags has just said because we need to go to Hawaii to get this conversation back on track. It's time for our Aloha Commentary of the Week from Guy, the Hawaii Blues fan, and uh, he's still got the Arizona Coyotes on his mind. And now, from Honolulu, Hawaii, via St. Louis, starting in the Pacific Ocean, Guy, the Hawaii Blues fan. Hawaii Blues fan, we're bleeding blue with you. Let's go, Blues! Let's go, Blues! Let's go, Blues! And aloha! Welcome 
to the Blue Notes Podcast. I'm Guy, the Hawaii Blues fan, and I'm the host of the Blue Note Fan Report and the main writer and owner of the stlfanreport.com. And welcome to my Aloha Commentary. Today is February 14th, thus I'm wearing the red. That's for you, Tom. Just to let you know, I know how you feel. I'm a little bit more like this. Well, since it's February 14th and Valentine's Day, we should talk about the love affair that blues fans are having with Justin Falk. Some people think that this is a huge surprise that he's broken out like that. You know, I I am and I'm not. We saw in the bubble that he was starting to understand the system. And with Alex Petrangelo leaving, he was able to play on his positive side, have a better mental attitude and figure things out, and it's showing, and that goal he scored, highlight reel, goal of the year, it's going to take a lot to beat it, at least on the blue side. I'm I'm impressed with what he's doing, but again, it's what he did in Carolina, and what he was expected to do, and why he got that big contract, and I'm absolutely positively glad that he's earning it. I mean 100%. And I want to see him continue to do that. At the same time, we're starting to have a lot of affair with Jordan Kaigo Kairu, or one of the better nicknames I've heard, Jordan Kaigoru. And he has really started to show what he can do with that speed. And this is on Coach Berube to make that speed go. He has to figure out the best way to use that speed. One of the things that he did in the last game was sit Mikola. I'm not a fan of that. I feel like Mikola has that speed too, and that speed can be used to beat the Coyotes. Um, The last two games, the first game was very, very tight going down until the end, until the two empty net goals. But you saw the speed throwing the Coyotes off. In the last game, they didn't have as much speed. And that speed, that lack of speed, is what allowed a couple of the goals. But the little bit of speed they had allowed Jordan Cairo to tie the game and then get uh, Hoffman open for the game-winning goal in overtime. And then, and then again here, Hoffman. Hoffman is fitting in. He scored, I think, five goals so far this year. He's being that guy. He's getting good shots. Um, the team is coming around. However, there are things to still be concerned about. The power play got five shots on the first attempt, none on the second. That's a concern. The penalty kill didn't allow anything in the last game, but there were only two penalties. So it's still got some work to go. We have one more game against Phoenix, and then we have the bottom feeders. 
We need to really improve our dynamic when we play the bottom feeders. And the reason for that is the X factor of COVID is absolutely coming into play. Today, the Colorado Avalanche will play the Knights for the first time since February 2nd, almost two weeks off. This is huge. This is how they play. That needs to be watched. I think Blues fans should really pay attention to the Avalanche and how they play because what long-term effects is COVID going to have? We saw in the bubble that those long-term effects affected the Blues and they never got it together. So will there be this effect on Colorado that they have to take a month to try and get things together? And by the time we're playing them, they have it together? Or do they not get it together at all? We don't know that yet. All we know is that guys had it. Minnesota still hasn't started playing. That's huge. And, you know, the, the thought process of what this division was going to look like, you know, it's changing. It's changing day by day. One thing that I see in a lot of groups is people posting the standings going, oh, look, the Blues are in first place. Do not look at the standings that way. Click on that little button over there that says points percentage. The Blues are in third. Points percentage is going to come into play, and points percentage takes into account games in hand. You need to remember that. A lot of teams have not played nowhere near the games the Blues have. And when they catch up, they could easily pass the Blues. This is the time for the Blues to win. The excuse, it's early, doesn't work anymore. We're over a quarter of the season in. 15 games this year is a quarter of the season, not 20 games in the past or 21 games. We're still, we're a quarter of the way through. It is time to get points, 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 points before March when we almost exclusively see Vegas, Colorado, Minnesota. Something to think about. Well, guys. Enjoy your Valentine's Day. Enjoy Blues Fan Reacts, because I have a lot of fun with them, and I'm pretty sure you will. This is Guy, the Hawaii Blues Fan, saying aloha, mahalo. Please like and subscribe to the Blue Notes Podcast, to the St. Louis, or to the St. Louis Fan Report, stlfanreport.com, and to the Blue Note Fan Report on YouTube. Aloha, mahalo, I'm bleeding blue with you, I'm in Wags. Get away. And thanks a lot, Guy from uh, Hawaii, with his commentary as usual. Uh, before we talk about what he had to say, first things first, we have to uh, uh, talk about Lease Forever once again here. He's quickly taken over the show. So he asked if we like the jersey, a toilet seat. And uh, by the way, uh, we do like the toilet seats. Um, I have I have uh, reverse retro uh, toilet seat right here. Actually, you can see it right there. Um, I like the toilet seat. So, see, I thought I thought you were I thought you had gotten the Blues reverse retro because you were talking about toilet seats, and I know how much you love those. Oh no, that that's not the toilet seat. That's just the the you know the the water in the toilet. You know that's that's what that jersey is. That's the uh, shit that you'll find at a shady Seven Eleven in downtown Detroit. Exactly. It it is gas station sushi, and you don't eat gas station sushi unless you value your life. 
So there you I go. I will respectfully disagree with you there, but I will agree with you on that beautiful, beautiful Montreal reverse retro. You know, it, it, it I really don't know is. how they pulled it off so well, but they did. And it's so simple, but it's like, duh, it makes yeah. sense. And, and you know what? It is a truly a reverse retro because they swapped the colors on them. You know, that, that actually works. Unlike Vegas, which just did whatever the fuck they did. Um, <laughs> they all took a, they took a <laughs> line of coke in Tony Jose's office. <laughs> all, all right. The X button on the top right of his screen is calling wow. his name. Wow. We, we, wow. Finally, we, we finally did it. <laughs> we, we finally found, broke him. <laughs> we found the breaking point. We found the breaking point. Um, and by the way, just for the record, the Habs the reverse retro, the second best reverse retro after Arizona's. Oh, Arizona. the, per- the, yeah. the 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 purple peyote just works. It every time I look at that jersey and I have one in a Keller, um, it just it you almost see yourself like in Arizona, like right after the sun sun has gone down or like the sun's rising. You're just imagining yourself in a desert and the sky is kind of purple with the first light of the day. It just works. The original did not. It was a, the original with the green was, ugh, but ugh. the purple works. The purple works. Purple can we works. can we? Uh, at least talk about the one reverse retro jersey that has gotten like absolutely zero pub, but is in its own right amazing as well. We keep forgetting okay. about the LA Kings reverse retro I, jersey. That yeah. one incorporates the purple as well. I am hugely a fan of the LA Kings reverse retro. Can I have it? I have one and it's it's a blank and it is it, it really is it's top five. It is absolutely top five because you know it. For one, the color works. I, I always like that purple for 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 uh, uh, the Kings. It's very regal looking, so it, it makes sense. Lakers. Um, and then and then just the fact that they don't just honor one era; they honor two eras of the Kings because they honor the crown era with the purple and the kind of general look. But then they use the Chevrolet logo, you know, when Gretzky was there, and it's just it works. That is how a reverse retro is supposed to be done. Uh, so very, very, very nicely done. And I have, I think, nine reverse retros right now. I do not wow. have a problem. I do not have a problem at all. I so. don't have any. <laughs> well, it, they're, it's, it's, a, it's an expensive hobby. It's an expensive oh, yeah. hobby. No, for sure. No, I know. <laughs> yeah. We have, I've we never have... been a memorabilia guy. You know, I, I, got my, I got my DP57 signed puck. I got my all the jerseys I, I want. You know, I'm happy where I am. I would do on a crude jersey, though. That's the one thing that I'm looking to do. But I I did uh, pick up yeah. a Krug jersey. Um, I was a it was actually, it's actually a Boston Krug jersey because <laughs> Dick's Sporting Goods was selling them for like thirty five bucks because oh, yeah. he was no longer brewing. So I was like, yeah, I'm not gonna pass, even though it is Boston, and I always feel a little dirty wearing it because it's Boston. But anyway, <laughs> anywho, um, moving on here. So, um. One one guy that we need to that 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 guy mentioned, of course, uh, was you know, he talked a little bit about Ville Husso, and I've noticed something with v- Ville Husso, and I think a lot of people have. So first of all, he he's getting better. I think I think uh, last night he saved thirty two out of thirty six, which isn't isn't bad. It's like an eighty eight percent save percentage. That's not terrible. He and, and and I don't think any of the goals that he gave up was necessarily his fault. I think his defense let him hang out to dry a couple times. Gunnarsson, excuse me. Um, but uh, you know, in there is one thing that weird thing that he has. He in the last two games he allows goals on the very first shot. He cannot save the first shot. It's like he no. has a problem with it. <laughs> uh, and two other appearances he allows goals on the second and third shot. This is a trend. 
And having dealt with Jake Allen and his yips, you know, for years, do we need to be worried, Blues fan reacts, that Billy Huso has the yips? No, I don't think so. And uh, it's not exactly that I think he's a solid goaltender. I mean, of course he is. He's a pretty good goalie. But, I mean, he certainly is, isn't is doing as uh, – for me personally, just watching him, he doesn't look comfortable. You know, and that's understandable because it's his first real season in the league. I can understand, uh, you know, if he's just not feeling comfortable. We can't expect every goalie to be a Jordan Biddington story. No. But at the same time, you know, you would – I mean – what is his goals against? It's just under four. You know, it. that's a lot. I mean, I know you're a rookie. I know you're getting used to the NHL. Uh, and I have a feeling he's going to tighten up later on. But I think this offseason, the Blues are going to pursue a different goaltender. That's just what I personally think. I mean, there's a few coming off of uh, – there's a few goaltenders that have expiring contracts in the offseason. Maybe they call up Joel Ofer. Who knows, you know? Uh, he, I don't know if he's ready yet, but I mean, you know, you just, it's there's a lot of unknowns going into next offseason, and especially with, you know, Ville Husso not being the goaltender that we would like to see out of him, and once again, totally understandable. Uh, you just got to hope for the best. Hope that the system works out, and, you know, I mean, Darren Pang says it perfectly. He's one of the more positionally sound goaltenders you'll ever find. Uh, it's just, it's just getting those reactions times down and, uh, you know, learning how NHL players move the puck opposed to AHL players, you know, cause it's two totally different games of hockey. Yeah. And, it, and I know the blues are kind of in a spot right now where I don't think they could improve their backup goaltending if they wanted to. I mean, and I don't think that it's necessarily time to write off who so yet, mm-hmm. um, but it's such a seller's market for goalies because, of the taxi squad and you know you can have that extra third goalie on your taxi squad of course i made the you know wags and i were making the case uh, for joel hofer being on the taxi squad instead of mm-hmm. john gillies because hofer at least could you know practice with the big club tr- uh, travel with the big club the goalie has to be stu- uh, at least in the arena every single night and i thought that'd be an interesting way to get him some big league experience without actually getting him in-game experience because i think he would probably get shelled um, but you know, be that as it may, it would be very hard for the blues to do anything besides who. So right now, I think they're kind of stuck with him. I think he's going to be okay. I don't, I'm not ready to write him off just yet, but th- then, th- then lies the question wags. I mean, is having just an okay backup, uh, really a good idea for a team like the blues that's going to be chasing the Stanley cup and has a window to do that for the next few years? Or do you think, do you agree with the uh, blues fan reacts and that this off season that they may invest in a better backup? I think for this year, I, I think you can get by with it because it is a shorter season. Yes, you're going to have a standard playoff run, but you saw what Jordan Bennington did in 2019. He ran through the playoffs. So he's he's going to have roughly the same amount of games he had in 2019 when they hit the playoffs, and then you saw what he did then. I, I do think that you probably do need to get a little bit of an upgrade. It may not have to be a massive upgrade. Uh, at the backup position, but just someone a little bit more experienced. Because I think yes. Bennington is going to run away with this. We, I, yeah. we had questions last year about him, but he has answered those emphatically this year. Mm-hmm. He's been the reason the Blues have won the games that they've won. So I think Bennington is the guy, and I think they probably will try to look at pursuing someone slightly above what Billy Huso is bringing this year for next season. 
Yeah, but uh, I like your point with uh, I, I like. I'm sorry for interrupting you, Tom. Uh, I I like your point about uh, John Gillies being on the taxi squad rather than Joel Hofer. The reason why I would rather have Hofer in the minors is because he'll get a lot more experience in the minors than he will in the NHL. Yeah, that's agreed. my own thing. But you guys made a good point. Like you want him practicing with the NHL, right? I mean, I, I never really thought of that. So uh, I, that's a pretty good point, actually. Well, and, and at the time we were suggesting Hofer being on the taxi squad, we weren't sure what the AHL was even, if they were even going to have sure. a season this year. You know, we weren't sure what their plans were. And, of course, the Blues lost their AHL affiliate again. You know, at least this one's temporary, though. But, you know, they have they deal with Utica. And I think, you know, Utica will give the Blues so goaltenders plenty of time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's getting old. But they'll have Springfield. It's just... It's not. It's not the time yet. Uh, mm-hmm. By the way, Luke Whitbin uh, thinks Huso is not a bad goalie, just average. Uh, he also knows that he's been in the system for so long. You know, kind of like Bennington and Hofer is our future until further notice. So there's no reason to ride out his mediocrity, and that's possible. Maybe Hofer will be ready to go next season. I mean, Carter Hart, I think, was 20. I think when he got going with the Philadelphia Flyers, you know, a couple, you know, the year that Bennington broke out. So right. goaltending's voodoo. Goaltending is booty. You never know when these goalies will be ready to just, you know, you know, pop out of a cake and say, I'm ready to go. You know, it took Bennington until he was 25 to, you know, get it all together. You just never know. Well, you think just... about this, too. I mean, if not for being injured, Huso would have been the guy that got called up in 2019. It would not have been Jordan Bennington. Mm-hmm. So it, exactly. it, it's a matter of not just, you know, when they're ready, but it's also the circumstances around that promote them to these spots so you know who knows that the blues would have gone on the run with philly huso in nets but you know we just got uh we got lucky i think yeah i'll never forget it was it was 2018 it was the end of the 17 18 season i was in dallas uh watching the blues and stars and this was the infamous game where jamie ben sat on alex petrangelo's head and Petrangelo just kind of lied there like a dead fish, and the star the, the stars ended up winning. Uh, I think I, I think two, it was two to one overtime when the Blues pissed it away. Mm-hmm. And I was and I was back in my Airbnb, and I actually recorded my old podcast from from my uh, from my Airbnb and my you know Yeti microphone. And I was upset. I was upset at a lot of things, but I remember advocating even that at that time. Let's see what we have in Ville Husso. If he's supposed to be the next guy, let's see what we have in him. And this was 2018. And, you know, back then, you know, Wags is right. Huso was like the anointed one at that point. We thought that Huso was going to be the guy that takes over for Jake Allen and his moments of doubt and shame. Um, and then, you know, as you know, history, you know, as history tells us, Huso got hurt. Everyone in San and in San Antonio got hurt. And the only guy that was left surviving was Jordan Bennington. And when Chad Johnson really shat the bed, they they could only bring up Jordan Bennington, and now the rest is history. It's just okay. it's just it's just so amazing how that story transpired. Uh, Luke, uh, I feel bad for Ville if he can actually make a couple saves early. His narrative would change completely. But as we've seen, that uh, we, he he has issues making saves early. So we'll see. We'll see if that's just you know coincidence or if this is a, a real thing to be worried about by the way one guy that we can't be worried about anymore you know i was, I was a little worried coming into the season but i think it's safe to say i think jordan bennington's going to be okay mm-hmm. I, he has been very solid uh this season he doesn't show any signs of exhaustion like he did last year 
He hasn't had a. Re- I, I don't think he's had a real bad game yet. I mean, I think maybe I, I think he was chased in the in the Colorado game uh, that was eight to nothing. That but wasn't that was, his fault. It was. He was I, said, I, I, I said. Well, no, I said in that game, like I hope Greg Rube goes to every single player with the exception of Huso, Bennington, and Cairo and starts shaking them because that was just an <laughs> unacceptable game. Um, yeah. yeah, Bennington had nothing to do with that. Puso had nothing to do with that. I don't care what the score was. You know, it was not their fault. Everybody, nobody could just, nobody could figure anything out that game. Do you think Bennington's playing well just because he's finally used to being the number one? Or do you think he's playing well because it's a contract year and he needs to prove that he's worth the big deal? <laughs> a little bit of both. Um, yeah. I mean, who isn't chasing that bag? Come on. Yeah. But, uh, you know, at the same time, you know, uh, the one of the things that I'm worried about, and I know that Bennington is solid because I had doubts. That's what I was over. I, I was concerned about the Allen trade because I was like, oh, no, that's not a good <laughs> thing. Because what if Bennington completely craps the bed this year and he's really proven us wrong? As he often does. Uh, he certainly proved us wrong this time around, and just hopefully he's more consistent this season. Uh, but but I think that with Jordan Bennington, you know, it's just it's just a matter of he, he he's obviously he's chasing that bag. We all know that he yeah. wants he wants to get paid. But my biggest fear is that is that Doug Armstrong gives him a like a Matt Murray type contract, a six by six. That's my yeah. biggest fear. Because he is Jordan Bennington's no young goaltender, you know. He was called up when he was twenty five. He wasn't called up when he was twenty one. He was twenty five, and he's twenty eight now. So I mean, I just don't, I just don't want Craig Brewe to completely piss away our cap situation uh, on a lucrative contract. And it's gonna, and that's gonna be dicey these next coming years. I mean, you still got to pay Jaden Schwartz after this season as well. You've got a couple RFA's coming up that are that are due for some pay bumps. I think Robert mm-hmm. Thomas is one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's gonna be a messy situation. But Wags, are you a bit nasty believer now? Yes, yes, I, I certainly am. I, I've been very, very impressed with his play this year. Very solid. Definitely looked like he did in 2019 when he took us on the run. Uh, I'm very, very happy and. I was always one of those that with, with Allen, he needed somebody to push him to be better. I don't think that's the case with Jordan Bennington. I don't think he needs a guy to push him to be at his peak. It, it helped that he had a guy like Allen there that was pushing him, but it's not going to be a requirement like it was when Jake was here. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm on board, but I'm just like you, Blues Fan Reacts. I, I don't want a crazy goaltending contract really hamstring. He, he, Doug Armstrong did a great job of not – destroying the cap situation by signing Petro and got Krug here at a good deal. I just don't see him doing the same thing. I see him doing the same sort of thing with a Bennington, being able to work a contract that is lucrative for the player, but also doesn't hurt the team in the long run. And I think there's too many cautionary tales in the NHL of giving goaltenders too long of a, too much money and too long of a term because, you know, as I said, goaltending is voodoo and, you know, your great goaltender this year could become an absolute bum, you know, in, in just a year or two. I mean, I mean, look at Bobrovsky in Florida, for God's oh, sakes. I mean, he has not, so <laughs> he has not lived up to his contract at all. And, and I'm arguably sure Carey Price is in the same boat too. I mean, that contract's yeah. working worse and worse every day. Uh, Luke Whitman pointing out, by the way, the goalie market won't be very open for him next year, and it could work out in St. Louis's favor, maybe bringing Bennington back on a, you know, maybe a little lesser of a deal than maybe he was sure. hoping for. Although Petrangelo, I mean, he played a game of chicken this offseason. You know, he only, he only needed one taker 
to get him big money in Las Vegas, you know, was willing to, you know, trade everyone away to make sure that he could be, you know, brought in. So, uh, but then again, I, like I said, I think there's, there's enough cautionary tales with goaltending. I don't know if a team's going to be willing to give Bennington for one, he's nowhere. I don't think he's worth Bobrovsky money. I don't think anyone would give him no. Bobrovsky money. But you know, I think I, I think there's there's a bit of a buyer beware situation with goaltenders. That's for sure. There um, is a Le- team out there. There is a team out, and and Leafs forever just kind of remind me of that. Uh, there there is a team out there that would throw crazy money at a uh, at a goalie to help yeah. them win a Stanley Cup, and that is Toronto. They're losing Frederick yeah. Anderson. He's a free agent. I, I would not be shocked if if a Toronto or to sit there and say, hey, look, Stanley Cup yeah. winning goaltender on the market, still young enough. That that might be a team to watch out for. And and Bennington is a Toronto kid. I mean, he grew up in the suburbs of Toronto, so you know that that could work. Um, at least forever pointing out, it's it's looking like when you sign a goalie to a big contract, he seems to fail and makes you look like an idiot. Case in point, Matt Murray, Ottawa. You think Ottawa's regretting that contract? Ew. I don't think so because I think they just wanted to hit the cap floor. I think that's that, all they were doing. That's why they gave him a ridiculous <laughs> amount of money. I think that's what that was. People are looking too far into that, in my opinion. Yeah, well, yeah, and, and when it's Ottawa, you don't have to really look too far to realize they they're just you a mess. Think Melnick gives a flying fuck yeah. if they do well this year? I don't think so. Uh, one final question here from uh, Leafs uh, Leafs Forever: Would we rather have Jake Allen right now? I can emphatically say no, even though Jake Allen was really good for us last year when Bennington was having his fatigue issues. Um, the issue is, is at the time he was traded, you didn't know that Alex Steen was going to retire. I don't, I really don't think the blues expected that until, you know, later yeah. on in the off season. And then that happened. And then you still had the Petrangelo contract, you know, kind of, you know, w- you know, in hanging in the balance, they needed a clear cap space. Jake Allen did not have any sort of restrictions on a trade. So they were able to send him on, you know, for, you know, a pick. And that was the easiest contract to move for sure. Plus, he wanted to see how Billy, who's what you had in Billy, who's so obviously, yeah, yeah. But even 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 going back in hindsight, I would still say trade Allen just because now without Jake Allen, you know, we can. I mean, you can you can fit Tori Krug in to replace uh, Alex Petrangelo, and we could fit in Mike Hoffman, you know, mm-hmm. and you know. So that's I, I definitely think that we're I'm, we're better off without Jake Allen. I think Jake Allen, you know, I think he's in a good situation in Montreal, and. Uh, I wish him all the best, but I don't miss him. Do you guys? I do. I, I honestly you do? do. I mean, yeah, I do. I I do. Um, you know, uh, I wish I'm I'm I mean, Mike Hoffman's just like a bonus, you know. He was the bonus player this year, and uh, I'm glad that he's on the team. Uh, you know, most of the season I've said because of who's so shaky starts, uh, I've been saying, you know, I really miss Allen. I really miss Allen. Yeah. Uh, that feeling's going away slightly with every blues win. It's going away just a little bit more, but I mean, it's more sentimental reasons too. I mean, you got it. We lost so many players this year that we looked up to, you know, we lost Jay Bomeister last year. Now we lose, now we lose Alex Steen. Now we lose Alex Petrangelo. Now we lose Jake Allen. So it's a lot of, it's, it's a lot of, it's toying with your emotions is what it is you're losing so much leadership and then just alan on top of it i think that trade just sent me off because it was a third round pick that's a, I, I we could have gotten more for that i think we could have and uh you know i i don't think i'll ever forgive armstrong for giving away alan who's doing better than Carey price this year for a third round pick i just i don't i'm sorry i can't justify that 
Well, and then uh, one final thing from Lease Forever as well. Uh, I hope I'm hoping Freddie Anderson stays and resigns. He hasn't been great at times, but I think he'll do well. I think Freddie Anderson deserves a lot more love. Yeah, I, I think I think I think he's been a very he's been a very solid he's been solid for for Toronto and it would be a shame if Toronto you know lost their goaltender and another team I don't oh, know who, no. I, I don't know oh, cast them in the standings uh, I mean it would just be such a shame I mean oh who is this guy in the back. <laughs> Oh, Ken Dryden, by the oh, way. Oh, uh, you uh, had to. Uh, you, had, pretty, you couldn't help yourself. A pretty damn good goalie, by the way. A guy that tormented Toronto for years. So there, there you go. Couldn't all right, help well, yourself. I, I could not help it at all. I, I love, you know, poking Toronto Maple Leafs fans is fun. It is just oh, it's a blast. Fun. It is so fun. It is so fun. It's been a blast having you on Blues Fan Reacts. Uh, where can we find you on the socials and uh, YouTube? You can find me YouTube, Blues Fan Reacts. Basically, all I do is scream. That's all I do. Uh, and then on Twitter, I post crappy takes uh, at Blues Fan Reacts. Uh, and that's about it for now. I mean, uh, my, my subs have been uh, bothering me about making a gaming channel. So I said, mm. if they give me 10,000 subscribers, I'll, I'll make a gaming channel. Uh, but until then, that's really the only places you can find me i have a facebook but it's like i don't do anything on it so by the way uh, we, we we dabbled in that ourselves a little bit uh, in the past year or so and the only thing i'll suggest is when you start a gaming channel uh be ready for some loneliness you know the first you know year that you're streaming because it is really hard to get an audience i've found because there's so many streamers out there it's ridiculous well i had a gaming channel that was about 6k i think i hit 6k on that well what do uh, I know that? I got rid I of it. I got rid of it because a it was too much effort, and I wasn't getting the views that I wanted. So uh, yeah, that was gone. Uh, yeah. But thank you for your advice, Tom. Yeah, because yeah, exactly, exactly. That's what I'm here for. Sage advice <laughs> on gaming and iCarly, you know, and yes, Sam Karaki. That's what I'm yes, here for. That is what I'm here for. Yeah, I, I I can do a whole podcast on Stan Kroenke, and it would be screaming just like just like yours. So you know, there you go. There you go. Uh, Collaboration right there. Exactly. Synergy. Product synergy. Okay. Um. Alrighty, Wags. Any final thoughts from you? No, I'm just I'm ready for the game tomorrow. Uh, obviously we're recording Sunday night. Uh, I cannot wait for that. And honestly, I cannot wait to see another team outside of uh, Arizona. And it's a good thing it's gonna be the Sharks because it's another team we can beat. Exactly, exactly. And by the way, Lee's forever. One final thought from him. I think I've said that three times now. Uh, love in Toronto is just hard. You mess up and you're done. And then, of course, we had the worst things happen to us. Cough, cough, Zamboni. Never mind. Um, by the so way, I, I, I think there's some Blues fans out there that think that David Ayers could be a better backup than Billy Huso. Ooh, and no. I, I worry about our fan base sometimes. I, I really do. I really do. I worry no, about everything when it comes to this team, not just the fan base. <laughs> no, no, no wonder you scream all the yeah, time. Yeah, no wonder I scream. People wonder why I scream. This is why I'm a Blues this, fan. It's what I, I do best. I guarantee you, they don't understand. They're not Blues fans themselves, and they just don't understand the pain. They do That's not why. understand the That's pain. This is why I drink. Okay, yeah. This hard is suck. why. This is why I drink. <laughs> exactly, and I'm holding up this can for a reason. It is a Center Ice Brewery hard cider. Uh, coming up this Thursday, we are going to talk to assistant brewmaster at Center Ice Brewery in St. Louis. Uh, Jeff Ferrara is, is his name. We're looking forward to chatting about hockey and how they're doing in the pandemic. So check that out on Thursday. Uh, we'll post that up on our uh, uh, Justin Falk Stand Club Facebook group, as well as YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts from every Monday and Thursday. 
And that will do it for this week's episode of Blue Notes. I want to thank you for listening and watching because without you, there is no me, there is no Wags, and there is no Blues fan reacts. There we go. Get the thumb in the right Thumbs spot there. down right at me. Thanks. Okay, thanks. <laughs> no. thanks for that. Appreciate it. That, that, that's for dogging me about your gaming channel, by the way. Uh, and I'm Tom Franklin <laughs> reminding you to not be a chump and always play to the whistle. A reminder that you can follow Blue Notes on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Blue Notes Pod. I'm the voice of the blues, Tom Calhoun. Jeremy Boyer, play us out. listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.